Hey, what's going on? This is Marty from the Grass Station Podcast, and welcome in to episode three, season two of the Grass Station. So today we're going to be talking about some early spring tips, uh, how to get ready for our pre-emergent strategy. For a lot of us across the country, we're already started our 2022 lawn care season. For most of you guys that are in my region, I'm in the Midwest, we're still just getting our feet wet with being out there. We had a couple nice days and we're still very early on. If you're not doing renovations, you know, in the last couple episodes, we talk about how you get ready for a renovation, how you get prepared for that. Uh, if you're kind of moving forward with having a nice lawn this year, you did a renovation last year, or you don't need to do a renovation at all, uh, you're going to want to be on a pre-emergent strategy here because that's going to protect your turf going into the year and it's going to help you avoid crabgrass in the middle of the summer. So everyone's doing it right now. We're talking about it because our soil temperatures are reaching right around 45, 50 degrees and getting things ready for the season. So I'm super excited. Stick around. We got a lot coming to you today. All right. How are we doing, everybody? <laughs> Welcome to spring, right? This is one of the first weeks that we've had nice weather. Uh, if you're in and around the country in the Midwest, like we know how nice it's been for the nice weather we've had in the last couple of days. Uh, I'm coming to you guys from like mid-March. It's my uh, daughter's birthday today. She just turned seven, March 18th. And, um, you know, this is right around the time that we start to think about our season. We're starting to think about our pre-emergence. We're starting to think about uh, when things start to wake in, in our lawns towards the end of March. Now, if you're further south, you've been already throwing down your pre-emergent and getting things ready to go because our, our soil temperatures are what tells us when our pre-emergent pre -emergent needs to go down. So quick reminder, if you haven't listened to season one, please go back, check it out. I do have another episode on pre-emergence. So this is going to be a bit of a refresher. I really like to stay relevant and with the times. Uh, before I do that, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the updates that I've got here at the property, at the homestead, as well as how we've already started our lawn care season for 2022. So Many of you know I uh, came from a, a smaller property. I moved at the end of December to a larger property, which is where I'm at now. And I had to switch out my lawnmower. I was really worried about my equipment. And I was able to find a deal with another lawn care nut that lives in Iowa, actually. You know, he saw my listing for, the, for Big Red. You know, the people that watch my TikTok and my Instagrams, you know, I love my Time Master. I've loved it. I've had it for several years, took really good care of it. And I, I had to list it for sale because I know now on my property, there's no way that I'm going to be able to be cutting with the with the Time Master. So Big Red had to find a new home. And when I did that, I made the listing and somebody reached out and said, listen, I've got a zero turn that is basically too big for my lawn. I don't have a large enough space to be using it would you be willing to trade for Big Red? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. He saw the LCN sticker, the Lawn Care Nut sticker that I've got listed on, uh, it's right on the front of the Time Master and his mower does too. So he's like, you know, hey, you don't even have to lose your sticker. I was like, right on, let's do it. So I go ahead and I get, you know, a trailer and I, I load up and I start making my trek. It was about a three hour drive there, three hour drive back and picked up this zero turn lawnmower. It's a 42 inch, it's a time cutter. It's really just a, a placeholder for right now. I wanted to make sure I had something to be able to, to mow the areas that need to be mowed. Now I know my lawn needs a ton of work. It really does. The prior owner, like I've talked about before, had horses and things like that. And we were planning on getting those later on, but the whole area is very wooded around us. And there's a lot of obstacles throughout the property that I need to be aware of. And so I've not really operated a whole lot of zero turn equipment before, maybe a couple, and I'm out there for the first day, for the first, you know, 
cut of the season and I'm super excited, right? We had like a 67 degree day the other day and I'm ready. I'm like, let's get it. Let's get after it. And I fill up the machine, I get it going and go ahead and start riding the lawnmower. I get about two, three passes down. I'm loving life. And then I hit a stump, right? I just absolutely destroy the blade on the right-hand side of the mower and just not my, my not my best, right? It's not my, my finest moment, especially being on a new property, being in a place where I'm excited with the new piece of equipment, right? And um, I go ahead and I, and I destroy this, this, this blade. But, you know, it brings me to this point. I made a post on Instagram. It's, it's really, really important, especially for me. This kind of brought me back to a bit of like a rookie moment where, you know, I got to remember, we all have to remember that learning your land is one of the most important things that you can do with regard to your lawn care program. It doesn't matter how religious you are about irrigation and, you know, your mowing habits and things like that. Of course, those are important. But understanding how your land works is really the primary, right? It really comes down to understanding how your land works. And now that I've been in this property for a couple of months, the whole objective with some of this move was to learn more about permaculture and more about, you know, growing our own food and and being more on a homestead like and it, it brings up this whole concept of of helping your land fulfill its natural duty and to bringing it to its full potential and working with the land to bring it to its full potential so it was really you know a disservice on my part to to now have been in a position that i was just eager ready to get out there super excited which most of us are right we've been cooped up for months we for me i've, I've never uh, he cut this property more than like a couple times with the time master right before the the winter time. So I was just excited and, and you know, excitement kind of gets the best of you sometimes. So it's really just a painful reminder to always be cognizant, be cognizant of your equipment, be cognizant of your land, understand how your land works, you know, walk the land, find out the undulations, mark anything that you shouldn't hit or go by. It's a painful reminder to just do yourself that due diligence and walk your property. I did it multiple times. But I didn't mark anything. I thought in my head, you know, oh, I'll remember where that is. Or, oh, that there's a tree stump. I'll know where it is. The problem with this particular situation was that it's such a uh, wooded back area that I was trying to get the back pasture on the east pasture, uh, which is basically behind the barn, but all the way behind the set of trees that are in the middle of my property. And in doing this, you know, I've walked this part of the property before, but never during the springtime, never when it wasn't cold or whatever. And I didn't notice some of the the tree stumps that were at ground level they weren't even you know raised i've seen all the ones that are raised and of course you can know pretty well to miss those but these were at ground level and what happens is you know the the lawnmower is like 400 pounds or 500 pounds and when you're going over it it has indentations with the wheels but you basically will drop off in the areas around it and it what happened it just like hit the top of it and scalped the top of this mower uh scalped the top of this this tree stump that obviously had been chopped down years before but was really in line it was covered by grass and it just looked like it you know went through with the lawn so i'm cutting at three and a half inches i'm like well i shouldn't be hitting anything that's too deep but what happened is there's a big undulation like right towards the front of there that dips off in the front so the mower deck kind of you know went on a bit of an angle when i started to push left with the zero turn and you know it just scalped the blade and it hit it and it started i could tell it was hitting something underneath the deck so i immediately turned off the mower and throw it into say uh you know neutral and and checked under the deck and see what was going on and i could tell i bent 
the living life out of that mower blade. Um, bummer, you know, like you're out there for the first time in the season, but you got to remember that's what's important. I should have marked that. I should have done like a very thorough walkthrough, especially, you know, being new to the property, uh, having a dog, you know, I should be out there, you know, walking the dog regularly, just staking things that I don't want to, you know, hit with the mower. So I got cocky with it. I got, you know, ambitious. I got excited about it. And it's important to recognize that and kind of humble yourself, step back and realize, hey, I got to do step one. I got to walk the property. I got to mark stuff. So everybody should do that. You know, maybe you've got um, some big divots that are in your yard from when the kids and the dogs were playing over winter. Maybe you've got some some toys that are out there that you don't want to hit with the lawnmower. Or maybe, you know, a dog or a skunk or a raccoon or something like that was digging up in an area and created a big section that you don't want to run over with your lawnmower. Whatever the case is, do yourself that time. Look it over and, uh, you know, just try to to be aware of your surroundings. It's really important. We're all super excited right now. Uh, just be careful out there, guys. There's, there's accidents that happen every single day on lawnmowers, and it's really sad, some of the things that have happened. So make sure you're aware of your surroundings. Make sure you know what's going on. So that's just kind of like a nice reminder for everybody. Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> Get out there, walk your land, learn your land, learn how it works, learn how to operate it. Uh, if you notice that water is coming in and leaving from a certain section, if you notice big dips in areas, maybe we need to level those coming into the fall, right? All of these things are going to help you with your lawn care strategy, help you determine what you need to do. And that's where I'm at right now. There's so many different pieces that are in place on my lawn that I'm trying to really get a hold of what's most important. And what's most important right now is identifying all those obstacles. So another important piece that I'm going to be working through is you know, trimming all the trees, making sure that we've got all the trees down because I don't want to hit branches, right? Sometimes that'll happen in a windstorm, something gets knocked over and, you know, you're just running over the lawnmower, you're not thinking about it, but that can do a good amount of damage to your deck. You can do a good amount of damage to your lawnmower itself, to the blades. It's just an unnecessary expense. Get out there and clear it out. While I'm doing that, I'm going to be working around the perimeter and clearing out around the entire house. I'm going to make sure that I've got three, four feet, you know, around the house cleared out so that I can make sure that my water isn't going, you know, anywhere near the home and that we're regrading. That's a really important piece. The downspouts, where are your downspouts? Walk the land, find out where they are. Are they buried? Mine are buried. Uh, they're not buried well. It looks like all of them have been collapsed. So I've got a really big project on my hands this spring to find, try and figure out that drainage situation. Um, you know, again, it's just being di diligent. It's about being aware and finding out the areas that need your help and fixing those areas as you go through the season and determining for yourself, okay, that's a problem. I've identified it. Now I need to find out where in my program is appropriate to fix it. Maybe it doesn't make sense to do it right now. Maybe you see all of these issues and you think, okay, I need to attack all of them. Well, th that's not the case. If you're noticing some things that are higher priority, things like water and drainage, that's something to take care of right away. You know, you notice some like poa annuate creeping into your lawn I'm sorry, you know, like you can totally glyphosate your lawn if you want to, but I'm those are for more professional, uh, for more uh, veteran lawn care enthusiasts. You've been through three or four seasons. You've got your grading right. You know, we're really getting down to step one, basic steps here, especially for my situation where we need to figure out all of the basics. Where's the grading, right? I'm not worried about the weeds yet. I see all the weeds. I'm probably not even going to put down a pre-emergent on my main pasture space, which is three acres. Um, I'm probably going to put a little bit of a pre-emergent down, depending on what I choose to do seed-wise on my on Dad's acre, the special acre, but par three. Um, that's going to be on the west end. It's going to be a full acre, but I need to kill off what's there, and I'm probably not going to kill off what's there until fall. So 
I'm really focusing now on just getting the land right. And this is what I encourage everybody else to do. Get your land right. Get the drainage right. Get the grading right. And then once you do that, you can figure everything else out. If you're trying to figure out irrigation this year, do all that, right? I'm not going to have the liberty to do in-ground irrigation for several years right now. So I'm focusing on having some big sprinklers that can do a lot of acreage just because I, can't, I don't have the expense available to me to do multiple acreage in uh, irrigation yet. So we'll get there, definitely. We'll get there with time. So I'm going to focus on getting it right, you know, with the land and making sure the drainage is right. And then once all of that is correct, I'm going to clear it from what is there and I'm going to replant fresh new grass. So very little pre-emergence is going to go down. But for those of us who are on season two, who've gone through an entire lawn care program, who've done a lawn renovation, who have a beautiful lawn going into spring, you guys are going to need a pre-emergent. So let's segue into that a little bit. Let's figure out what you guys need to do. If you've got a nice, healthy, established lawn and you're not worrying about a lot of that stuff, you're just coming in on season two, fresh with a new, you know, new program, let's go, right? What's our first step? So the first step you're going to be taking is what I recommend to everybody, if you can, is to get a soil test. You really got to get a soil test to understand what's in your soil. It'll give you a breakdown of every nutrient and that's going to help you with your fertilizer strategy. I'm going to get into more fertilizer again in the next episode when I start to think about fertilizers going down in early spring. You don't want to do it too early because a lot of that's just going to wash off your land, you know, in that first rain or whatnot. The earth has not really opened yet for the season, you know, north of like Tennessee, right? Like we're still really waking up. I mean, we had one day of like 65 degree weather, but now uh, we've got, you know, a little bit of back and forth in the 40s and, and all that. So we can't get too aggressive, but we got to be ready. This is the time where we're ready for what's going down. Hopefully you've already got your product. You know, maybe you maybe you don't. It's a good time to start thinking about it. So get a soil test. Find out how much nitrogen your, your lawn needs, where your phosphorus levels are, where your potassium levels are. And get your micros too in order. You want to make sure that all those, the, the boron, the manganese, the copper, all that stuff is in line this year. And, and the soil test is going to help you do that. You know, if you need help finding a soil test, there's ones on yard mastery, soil health. I can't, or I can't remember what the exact name is. Uh, Titan, I think is another one. Don't quote me on that, but there's, there's several of them online. You can also reach out to like your local county extension. And sometimes they'll do a test for you for free, which is I'm, I'm trying to do that this year on my property because I've got so much land. I want to figure out like different areas and what's uh, what the soil composition is based on like where I'm at in the lawn. We have a septic field. How, um, how affected by the, the sewer system is that soil and versus others? You know, do I need to plant different grass? I've got a lot of questions about my soil health here on my property. The only way we're going to figure that out is if we do tests. So we're going to run the tests. We're going to figure out what we need. And that's what everyone should be doing right now. Go grab some plugs, get out there and uh, start to figure out what's in your soil. They're not too expensive. I think you can get them like 30 bucks, 25, 30 bucks online. Um, like I said, some of the places, some of the county extensions will do them for free if you guys uh, are in an area that you can get that done. But aside from that, you're going to be thinking about your pre-emergent strategy. So what, a, what is a pre-emergent? Let's step back. Let's figure out what are we doing here? What does this mean? What is a pre-emergent? I get this question a lot, uh, especially right now during the season. There's a ton of people that have a lot of questions there's also a lot of people that are just kind of doing what they're told and not really understanding what's happening with this particular product that you're choosing to throw out there. So I'm going to help you guys understand some of the active ingredients to look out for, some of the products that you might be interested in, as well as how to utilize these uh, the strategy of the pre-emergence 
you know, kind of to your advantage this season moving forward into the 2022 long care season. So what are these pre-emergents? Well, pre-emergent herbicide is just that. It's, it's, a, it's an herbicide, homicide, right, murder, killing something. We're, in this particular situation, we're trying to kill the weeds. That doesn't mean that we're going to stop the weeds from germinating. That means that we're going to stop them before they break through the soil, soil level. Um, they're still going to germinate, but they're not going to break through. So what happens is a pre-emergent herbicide gets applied to the lawn, and it basically creates a barrier at the soil level that when those seeds, the crabgrass seeds in particular, which is the, the most uh, fought against weed with a pre-emergent, right? It does, depending on the pre-emergent, right? You've got prodiamine or dithiopyr. Some of them have different active ingredients to fight different weeds. But the primary objective here with a pre-emergent is to prevent crabgrass from germinating through your lawn to emerge, excuse me, because it's going to, to germinate. If you have crabgrass seeds in your lawn, they're going to germinate at about 55 to 60 degrees, depending on what your soil temperatures are, at what depth the seeds are, and all of that. So it's really important that you guys start to think about why and how this works. So it works by making a barrier at the soil level. So a lot of people will ask me, hey, can I aerate in the spring? Well, I ask them as a counter, are you going to put down pre-emergent? And they'll say yes. Well, then you don't want to aerate. Because what's going to happen when you poke all of those little holes into the lawn? It's going to break up that pre-emergent barrier. You don't have a clean barrier for you to have the, uh, the pre-emergent down. So I don't recommend that. This is why you have different strategies for different times of the year. And you got to figure out what works best for you. Some people will absolutely swear by aerating in the spring. My personal opinion on that is if you have an established lawn, all you're doing is poking holes into the earth for those seeds to poke through and you're making your pre-emergent barrier uh, look like Swiss cheese. <laughs> you know, like it just doesn't make sense. That's making all of those little holes a penetration point for any weeds that fall through or any weeds that are trying to grow through the soil surface. So in my opinion, if you have a healthy established lawn, the best thing you can do for it is to apply a pre-emergent so that you can have a protective layer going into the springtime, going into May, and all of that. So it's not going to prevent things like dandelions. It's not going to prevent things like um, creeping Charlie or whatever else. It's really designed to prevent crabgrass in May and in June. So you want to have a couple of options, right? You can put down these pre-emergence, obviously always read the label, but you can put them down in waves. And this is how I do it. I usually have two waves of pre-emergent for a couple of reasons. The first wave goes down in the early springtime. Early spring is completely unpredictable, right? Once your soil temperatures hit like 45 or 50, you're going to get rained. You're going to get, you know, all sorts of weird weather. You're going to oftentimes for us in the Midwest, we're going to get snow again. Who knows? And you're going to get foot traffic. You're going to get a lot of things happening on your lawn when it starts to wake up early spring. All of that's going to hurt your pre-emergent barrier. So some people swear by throwing like five pounds per thousand down early spring. And that'll just carry you through the summer and you do like one application of your pre-emergent. Well, I would like to split that out. If you're going to do five or six pounds of pre-emergent, which I recommend you do, I think it's one pound per 1,000 square feet per month. Uh, like one pound is kind of relevant to like one month of protection. If you think about it like that, that's how I do at least. So if you're putting three pounds down, it's giving you like three months of protection in theory. But um, what I'm saying, though, is that there's variables. There's heavy rains, there's washout, there's all sorts of variables that kind of affect your ability to, to manage that application. So in retrospect, you kind of want to split that out. So I do, if I'm going to put six pounds per thousand per year, because your maximum is like 
nine pounds. And you don't need more than nine months worth of protection because it doesn't call for it, right? We only have like six months of growth season. We don't need more than that because we're not preventing our weeds from growing when it's in the middle of winter. So they say nine months because in warmer climates, you know, then you can uh, have a longer growth season, but you don't need to be protecting all year round. So yeah, that's why when you look at your labels, you'll see like the the yearly maximum is like nine pounds per thousand square foot or something like that on prodiamine. So again, read your labels, make sure you're not over applying here, but whatever you choose to apply, I would apply it when your soil temperatures are reaching 45 to 50 degrees. And then again, when they're like 65, 60, you know, to 70 ish degrees. And when you're in that area, you know, you have a split application to put your, your pre-emergence down because that's going to help you really take advantage of the early spring rains. You get it watered in, but if you wash out, then you're going to have another follow-up here to protect you going into May and into June. So it's totally your call. Depends on your your property, depends on your strategy, depends on your product, depends on your time, depends on your budget. That's what I'm here to help you with. And that's what I like to do for a lot of people. It's There's so much information out there that is overwhelming and there's guides and there's all sorts of things. But unless you have somebody that's like, hey, this is what you need to do right now. That's what I do. If you're struggling with lawn care and you're trying to figure out how to get to get to that next level, we are going to be offering this year um, time with me. And the only way that I've been able to set this up that makes any sense is uh, I'm going to have available uh, office hours for people that are struggling to help you with your specific strategy, because a lot of people need help specifically. Um, if you're that kind of person and you need help, reach out to me at the Instagram page. We're at the.grass.station.podcast. This is still the best place to reach out to me and, and get you know information on what's going on. But very soon we're going to be launching um, our website and getting things set up for, for offering coaching uh, kind of on a more formal level. So if you need to, to set aside some time, I would love to talk to you. If you have questions, reach out to me there and then we can hopefully answer your questions. And if you need additional help, uh, we're going to have some office hours available for people to, to be able to get real time interaction and real-time help that's going to hopefully get their lawns to the next level. So that's what I do. That's what I, I really take a passion in that in finding out what that strategy is, what works for you, what works for your situation, because anything can happen. You want to grow Bahia grass in Minnesota? We can make that happen, right? It's not going to be easy, but we can make that happen. Um, you want to figure out a way on a budget to do a lawn care program? We can make that happen too. So Really, it depends on you. It depends on your property, depends on your budget, depends on your your motivation. What do you want to do? So it really, that's where we're at now with this pre-emergence strategy. Figure out what you need to get. Now, stepping back for a second, we want to think about the active ingredients. What are we looking for? Where can we find these products? How do we know what to purchase, how much to purchase, when to purchase, and why? So the the main active ingredients that we're looking for when we're trying to buy pre-emergence are at least the ones that come to my mind, are prodiamine as industry standard, top of the line, right? This is what the professionals use. They're using prodiamine kind of day in and day out because it works. It's not super expensive and it works. Uh, you can get it in a granular form, which is it comes kind of yellow. So be careful where you spray it. It could stain a little bit on your hands or on the sidewalk. Uh, just be aware of that. Make sure that you're not spraying this stuff or, or spraying, uh, spreading it in areas that you're going to get uh, like sidewalk. And if you do come back, obviously, and uh, with the blower and blow it into the edges, which will help protect the edges from obviously getting some crabgrass too, because that's where you're going to get a lot of heat from the sidewalk are those edges 
And of course, we're coming in there with our edger every week. So blow it in there. It'll it'll be fine. So prodiamine is really our, our industry standard. But the other ones that you will be able to find are dithiapyr and pendimethalin, as well as mesotrione. So these are kind of the four. Of course, there's a few others. And I'm talking really just like northern cool season grasses. I'm not super familiar if there are any other like warm season grass uh, pre-emergence that you can use. So look out for those. The, the pendimethalin is one you'll find in a lot of Scott's brand. If you're out at Home Depot, Lowe's, and you're looking at all the fertilizer bags or the weed and feed bags, oftentimes that's what you'll find. Or you'll find it like crabgrass preventer with halts. Halts used to be a name for pendimethalin. Um, so those are somewhat interchangeable and halts is like the brand name, whereas the pendimethalin is like the active ingredient name. So be on the lookout for that. That's in like a lot of the Scott's products. Those, in my opinion, do not work as well. I find that they wash out quicker. They don't have as good of coverage and you have limited option because you have high nitrogen rates in those products. You can't throw the exact amount of pre-emergent that you're looking for on a weed and feed type product. Like say, for instance, that weed and feed product that has pendimethalin in it is like a 17.48, right? Or, a, you know, 16.48, something like that, right? And that means it's got 16% nitrogen in there. So you have to be cognizant of how much nitrogen you're throwing at the lawn in addition to the weight, you know, pounds per million of, of the weed, of the weed prevention. That's why I don't like that product because I'm not trying to hit the lawn really heavy with nitrogen right now. I don't want to like freak the lawn out waking up. It's like, oh man, I need to get my morning coffee. (laughs) You want to slowly introduce the lawn to the nitrogen so that it doesn't come up with like a spring rush and like stress the plant out in a way that it's not supposed to. You're not supposed to wake up the plant like that. So from that perspective, I'm not a huge fan of those. You're not going to find like pendimethalin as a standalone pre-emergent. You're going to find it in, you know, like other products that have nitrogen in it already. It's why I don't really recommend it. Uh, but it's easy to find. You know, you can find all, find them all over the place with like a turf builder. And I think, uh, yeah, the Scott's four-step program possibly has it. But the other ones that I will recommend are mesotrione. That goes under several names. I think one of them, you know, Tenacity is the most formally known uh, product. But mesotrione can be found in other products like one of the Scott's uh, products that are the starter fertilizer has this. But again, it has it, but it's like a 22% nitrogen product and it's got 21% phosphorus in there. So if you don't need those other nutrients, that's not the best way to get your mesotrione. You can do mesotrione as a standalone with a spray uh, tenacity. It's like, a, I think a half a teaspoon per gallon per 1000 square feet is how it's, it's worked out. Uh, don't quote me on that. Obviously always read your labels before you apply anything. But point being that that's a better strategy. But mesotrione doesn't have that same level of protection that the others do. What mesotrione gives you a benefit for is that it's one of the only, the only pre-emergent that is safe for seeding. So if you're going to be throwing down seed, you can also put down mesotrione to kind of help prevent the weeds from going alongside of your uh, newly established grass. Now you're going to run into problems with this. Is it impossible to do? Absolutely not. But you know, if you're seeding, you want seed to soil contact. That means that you probably aerated already. So you're already creating an issue there. Um, not again, my like go-to recommendation for the spring, but it's possible if you need to do a seeding job, it's absolutely possible. And this will help protect. It will last about 30 days in the soil. So, um, it's an option for you. Absolutely. But that leaves us with really the two powerhouse active ingredients of prodiamine and dithiapyr. If you're trying to do prevention, 
those are the two ingredients I would use. And what I was getting at earlier was kind of these yearly maximums. When you look at the back of the product, you'll see what your annual maximum is. And I think it's like nine pounds um, for the prodiamine. Same deal with the dithiapyr. So if you're realizing that you've hit your nine pound limit with your first or second application and you're trying to do another application in the fall as a pre-emergent for POA, right? This is another strategy that you can use with pre-emergent. It's not often that we do this because we're oftentimes seeding in the fall and we're not doing a pre-emergent. But if you've got a thick lush lawn and you don't need to do any of that overseeding or aerating, maybe you're in a position that you're trying to fight POA the next season and that's your strategy then. You're putting down a pre-emergent in the fall time so that you can prevent those winter weeds from growing through like POA annua, POA trivialis, and other things. POA trivialis is really its own beast. You can put down a pre-emergent. It's gonna tr- you're, you're going to help. Uh, but man, that's, that's a really difficult road to go down. Really, what the, all you can do there is kind of rip it out, glyphosate the area, reseed the area, start fresh. Um, but if you have an infestation, this is a, prop, uh, you know, a possibility that you could explore. Poa annua, this works pretty well. Uh, if you're going to do those things, having grassy weeds like you know, quack grass, again, very difficult. But still, a strategy for you is to do a pre-emergent in the fall time when you would be seeding. So like in the September time depending on your soil temperatures, again, when they're coming down um, under the point that it's it's going to be preserved in the soil for the spring and winter and things like that so that it's not going to to germinate your uh, at the end of fall and then house itself over winter and, and kind of come through strong in the spring. So different strategy for different people and different strategy based on your situation. So Again, if you have specific questions, please reach out to us at the.grass.station.podcast on Instagram. Uh, For now, that's where we're at, and we will be expanding our ability to take on coaching calls and things like that, too. Uh, So if you've got questions, please reach out to us. But that's really the core of it. That's your pre-emergent strategy. You're going to do a double application. You're going to make sure that um, you've done your research and you know that you're not going to be seeding unless you're using a mesotrione. Um, You know, this is really where it starts. One of the first things that you're going to be doing here is to be raking out your lawn and thinking about your pre-emergent strategy. And so that's the other thing. You know, it's mid-March right now. This is a year, uh, marks the year mark of this podcast. I started it last year. I think my first episode was like the end of March. And I had just like raked out the yard. So that's, that's another big thing that you guys can start to do right now. Open up the lawn, right? Open it up. Get that turf canopy breathing. Get out there. Get under it. Rake out the garbage. Find the vol marks. Walk your land. Get that spring air in your lungs and start to feel what it's like to be back out in the lawn. It's such a privilege. We've been cooped up all winter long. We're all excited to get out there. Um, do it, you know. For you guys with larger properties, get uh, a toe behind that can kind of rake up and uh, rake up the grass and just really open it up. That's one of my next strategies. Just trying to get all the equipment that I need for for my lawnmower to to be able to do the work that it needs to do here on the property. So. One of those things is getting some tines to, to get uh, like a toe behind. And that's a, that's a good strategy for a lot of people too. So think about that going into the season this year. I really encourage everybody to walk their property, get a feel for their land, and just attack it strong. Be aware, be cognizant of what's happening on your property. Um, think about your strategy. Think about where you need to be. If you need to be doing a pre-emergent, do your homework. They're going to be harder to find right now. If you're going in right now into stores trying to find your prodiamine, your dithiapyr, uh, order it online. Hopefully it'll get to you in time, right? 
this is go time for everybody this season. Everybody's already on this. If you're further south, you've probably already you know bought your pre-emergent. You're already throwing down. Uh, if you're further north, maybe you haven't thought about it yet. And this is your call to action. Get out there and get your product. Get it ready. Get your fertilizer too. Measure your lawn. I want everybody to go out, measure your lawn while you're walking it, and redetermine what your square footage is. I talked about this a lot in one of the first or second episodes I ever did was just kind of getting out, drawing your land, and getting a feel for the the specific sizes, sectioning them out so that you know those are the areas that I need to refill. Those are the areas that I can target with my spreader. Um, 2,000, 1,500, 3,000 square foot sections, whatever makes sense for you. I don't want to be preachy on this one, but I really want you guys to learn from my mistakes. And, and one of those things is just getting out and being part of your land, right? It's, it's why I moved to this property. It's why I love what I do because I want to be part of the land. I want to be with the land. I want to make sure that I'm bringing it to its full potential and we're not hurting the land and we're not hurting our equipment. We're not spending money that we don't need to. We're not wasting time, effort, or money on something we don't need to be worrying about. So with that, I'm going to let you guys off this week. I hope everyone gets to enjoy the early spring year, uh, spring this year and gets to clean out their properties and clean it up. Uh, I'm so excited for for this year to get rolling and for the grass to kind of come out of dormancy. Uh, I'm excited to see everybody's lawns coming out that I've helped from last year. This will be like their second year. Super excited about all the potential that this year is already. Um, stick around. If you are at all interested in following us specifically for our like our homesteading journey, please follow us on Instagram. That's meadowridge.homestead on Instagram and uh, also on TikTok and Facebook and things like that too. So meadowridge.homestead. We're going to have 12 chickens delivered in a couple weeks. We got two ducks coming. There's four rabbits on the property. We've got our dog, our cat. We're talking about getting a horse and a pony, um, maybe some goats. Who knows, right? If you're interested in following that uh, journey with us, follow us at meadowridge.homestead. We're having a lot of fun on the new property. And just part of that here is the the learning the land for the turf. Um, But super excited. The girls are loving it. They're absolutely enjoying having more freedom, having more property. Um, and, and these animals are coming. So happy birthday to my oldest. She just turned seven. Cannot believe it. Time has been flying by, but, uh, and also happy birthday to the grass station. We're a year old. So very exciting, very exciting time. Um, I hope everyone has a wonderful start to their season. Stay safe, stay healthy. And until the next one, take care. The Grass Station Podcast provides weekly updates, tips, product reviews, and coaching on cool season residential lawn programs, helping you save time, effort, and money all season long.